G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Our problems often seem bigger than they really are. They can overwhelm us. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie puts that challenge in perspective. Sometimes God will allow us to look at our big problems so we'll see that our God is even bigger. And maybe you're facing a big problem right now. You've tried to overcome it and it takes you down again and again and again. It's time for you to call out to God and say, God, I can't do it on my own. Help me. Have you done that yet? Bring your problem to God. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Special effects companies are masters at building small models of railroads or high rises or mountain ranges. But in the movie theatre, they seem huge. They fill the screen. Could it be that our problems only look big? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us see our challenges through the lens of faith. And we'll see whether our problems are small or big or incalculable. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Glad you're along for our series in Joshua. in the book of Joshua, the wilderness wanderings have come to an end. That first generation that doubted God are not entering into the promised land, but their children are. They're poised now to enter into Canaan's land, the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, modern day Israel. And the Lord's gonna give them the battle plan. And it's pretty interesting. I wonder what Joshua was thinking. Okay, Lord, how are we gonna do this? First city, how's it gonna go down? Put a bunch of ladders up, we'll scale the walls, uh, attack them in force, overwhelm them with force. Lord said I had something a little different in mind. Joshua chapter six, starting in verse one, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. And the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho the king and all of its mighty warriors. Your entire army is to march around the city once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the city seven times, and then the priests blow their horns. And when the people hear the priests give long blasts on the horns, then you give a mighty shout, and the walls of the city will collapse, and then you can just charge right into the city. They walked around that city in total 13 times. That's a lot of time to look at your obstacle. Whoa, look at those walls. Look at those soldiers up there. This is a big problem. They went around it again and again and again. And sometimes we have to realize that our problem is so big we can't solve it on our own. It's like if God doesn't come through, I'm in trouble. Just take the Christian life. The Christian life is not hard. It's impossible, isn't it? It's impossible to be a Christian. 
without the help of God, without the work of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But then the apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So yes, it's impossible through human effort, but it's entirely possible with the help of God's Holy Spirit changing you each and every day. But sometimes God will allow us to look at our big problems so we'll see that our God is even bigger. And maybe you're facing a big problem right now, something you've tried to overcome. It's a broken marriage and your marriage is hanging by a thread and the thread is on fire. <laughs> maybe it's an addiction to gambling, to drugs, to pornography, to alcohol, to hostess ding-dongs, I don't know, whatever it is, something. You've tried to conquer it. You've tried to overcome it. And it takes you down again and again and again. It's time for you to call out to God and say, God, I can't do it on my own. Help me. Have you done that yet? Bring your problem to God. That's what Israel had to do. It was too big for them in their own strength. You wonder what the inhabitants of Jericho were thinking about all of this. Was this a joke to them? I mean, they knew the Jews' God was powerful because they locked the city up. We don't want those people coming in here. And as they marched around again and again, seven times, eight times, nine times, 10 times, 13 times in total, they may have wondered, why do these people do this? Why do they live the way that they live? Why do they walk the way they walk? Non-believers look at us and wonder the same thing. Why do you Christians do what you do? Why are you the way that you are? It doesn't make any sense to me. But then they might also ask, how is it that you were able to come through that problem with such joy? How is it that you have a marriage that's lasted so long? How did you raise such amazing kids? That's not even possible. Oh, it's possible. And they wonder. But it's even worse when non-believers say, why aren't you the way that you should be? Have you ever been corrected by a non-believer? That's really humbling. When a non-believer will say, aren't you a Christian? And we'll say, why, well, yes, I am. Why do you lose your temper all the time? Why are you always gossiping about people? Why do you drive like a psychopath? <laughs> why do you sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend when you're not married? Why are you getting drunk? I thought Christians weren't supposed to do that. Well, you know, let me just shut up. They're right, you're wrong. It's hard to be called out by a non-believer, isn't it? So here are the Israelites marching around. And listen to this. The Canaanites could have believed and been spared, but they refused. God would have forgiven them. God forgave Nineveh of their sin, sending Jonah to preach to them. God would have forgiven Sodom and Gomorrah if they repented. He was looking just for a few righteous people there. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, the Bible says. God didn't want to judge these people. They could have believed. They'd heard all about Israel. Their reputation preceded them. Hey, 40 years ago, they crossed the Red Sea. They knew about that. They knew that God fed the Israelites with manna and led them with a cloud by day and a fire by night. And more recently, they knew that they had crossed the Jordan River. They knew they were coming their way and now they're marching around their city. Sounds to me like a good time to repent because they sealed up the gates knowing the danger, but they didn't believe. And so they faced the judgment that ultimately came upon them. These were extremely wicked people. 
These were people that sacrificed their children to their false gods. And they watched them march around again and again and again. It's good to have you along today for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. We're exploring the biblical account of Joshua and the Israelites and the fall of the walls of Jericho. Pastor Greg is pointing out the practical lessons that it teaches us. Let's continue. They overcame their enemy by faith, not by feeling. They overcame their enemy by faith, not by feeling. Giving commentary on the battle of Jericho, Hebrews 11.30 says, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were surrounded for seven days. By faith. Israel had to march by faith, not by their emotions. Faith doesn't believe God can do it. Faith believes that God will do it. Faith sees invisible things. Faith doesn't just see what's there, it sees what could be there. Because according to Hebrews 11, faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. But it's not just faith, it's also patience. Because Hebrews 6.12 says, we don't want to become, have you become lazy. But instead through faith and patience, you will inherit what God has promised. We need patience. Sometimes God doesn't come through for us as quickly as we want him to. But we need to keep having faith and we need to have patience for the work that he is going to do. Because listen, you might be at the verge of quitting. You might say, I've given up in this marriage and nothing can be done. Really? Well, we have irreconcilable differences. Every marriage has irreconcilable differences. I've told you this before. I've had irreconcilable differences with my wife for 50 years. (laughs) She's neat, I'm messy. She's cute, I'm fat. What can you do, huh? The point is you don't dissolve a marriage when you have a disagreement. You work through it. You learn to forgive. You learn to resolve your conflict. But people will give up so quickly. Oh, I've given up. I've given up on my child. They'll never come back to the Lord, won't they? Keep praying for them. I've given up on this ministry. I've tried, it just hasn't happened the way I wanted it to. Hang in there because the moment you're ready to quit Maybe the moment right before the miracle happens. It might be coming. It might be right around the corner. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't be tired of what's right, doing what's right. But after a while, you'll reap a harvest of blessing if you don't get discouraged and give up. So they blow their trumpets. They give out their shout. And what happens? The walls of Jericho collapse in a mighty heap. And Israel goes in and they conquer their enemies. Loud shouts. Blasting trumpets. Remind you of anything else? The Bible speaks of an event that will come, often referred to as the rapture of the church. In 1 Thessalonians 4, it says, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remaining shall be caught up together with them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Listen, one day this world system, this wicked culture will collapse. Revelation eleven fifteen says, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. The Jerichos, if you will, will fall. And the word of God will prevail. You can be sure of that.
Acts chapter 12, we have a pretty bleak scenario. The apostle James had been arrested and executed by the wicked King Herod. Then he arrested Simon Peter. It didn't look good. So the church started praying. And we read in Acts 12, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I love that. So much truth packed in that little verse. Constant prayer, not just one single prayer. Constant prayer offered to God for him by the church. They prayed together. They prayed with passion. They didn't give up. They're praying, they're praying, they're praying, they're praying. What does God do? He sends an angel and delivers Peter from that prison. The door of the prison opened all on its own, just like when you're going to the supermarket, right? Amazing. He walks out, he's free. So think about how that story starts and how it ends. It starts with Herod triumphing, James dead and Peter in prison. It ends with Peter free and the word of God triumphing because Herod ended up dying after that. God judged this king for what he did. I know it seems at times in our culture like evil is prevailing and evil will even win. It won't. We win in the end. The Bible is clear about this. We're in a spiritual battle. And in a spiritual battle, you fight with spiritual weapons. So put on the armor of God. Don't retreat, rather attack. And the best way to attack is with the message of the gospel. Because this kingdom can come one person at a time. Listen, my job is not to turn vegetarians into meat eaters. It's not to turn Prius drivers into anything else. <laughs> My job is to call sinners to Christ so they can be forgiven of their sin. That is the objective of the church. That's what we should be focusing our energies on. Everybody needs Jesus. That's our message to this lost and dark world. Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, how would be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One day his kingdom will come and it will come when Christ returns in the second coming. But before that, we have the rapture. I'm not a date setter. Jesus says no one knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man will return. If you were to translate that from the original language, it would say no man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man will return. And what it actually means is no man knows the day or the hour in the Son of Man. Because people get all psyched up about blood moons and ashes of red heifers and this or that happening. This is it, this is it. I'm on my rooftop from this point on. The rapture may happen in 10 years. It may happen in 20 years. And it may happen in 10 minutes. I don't know when the Lord's gonna come back. I just know what I'm supposed to do while I'm waiting for him to come back. And he told me to occupy till he comes. And what that means is I am to do everything I can to extend his kingdom and to call people to Christ based on me living a godly life. This is what I'm here to do. To shine is his light in a dark world. And if the Lord calls me home through death or the rapture, it's all good. I don't care how I get there. If it's a taxi. <laughs> If it's uh, a Prius even. <laughs> I don't believe there'll be any Priuses in heaven. I hate Priuses. <laughs> it's not the car, it's just the way people drive them. What is the problem? <laughs> Go faster. That's it, I'm done with that. But 
I digress. But we need to be ready because Jesus could come back today. He's coming for those who are watching and waiting. We're gonna pray in a moment. I want to extend an invitation to anybody who is not sure if their sin is forgiven. Anyone who does not have the confidence that they would be ready to go if the Lord called us home in the rapture of the church, which could happen at any moment. Anyone who's afraid to die. Anyone who's looking for the meaning and purpose of life. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. And he rose again from the dead. And now he stands at the door of your life and he knocks and says, if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. He wants to come into your life, but he won't force his way in. You need to open that door and he will come in. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will work in the hearts of every person here and every person watching and listening wherever they are. If they don't know you yet, Lord, let this be the moment they believe, the moment they receive the forgiveness of their sins, the moment that they get themselves ready for your return. So speak to their hearts, we ask now in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to make a change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that with a simple prayer right now. A simple prayer is right. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer and I would ask you to pray it after me. You might even pray it out loud. This is a prayer I've led a lot of people in over the years and I've seen God change lives. There's no magic in this prayer. It's the God you're speaking to who will hear this prayer and answer this prayer. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want to be sure your sin is forgiven, if you want to be confident that you will go to heaven when you die, Just pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture, God Almighty has heard your prayer, and he will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God, so congratulations, you've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. I want to send you a special gift because of that prayer you've just prayed. It's called the New Believer's Bible. So the New Believer's Bible is the New Testament in the New Living Translation with hundreds of notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this commitment you are making to follow Christ. There's some other materials included as well in what we call the New Believer's Growth Pack, but let me get this New Believer's Bible into your hands as quickly as possible. Yeah, we'd be glad to send it your way, free of any charge if you've prayed along with Pastor Greg today. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Pack when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. 
Next time, Pastor Greg returns to our series in Joshua with a warning. His message title, Don't Make Deals with the Devil. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Overcoming or Overcome. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.